Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Recently, I was on a live audio broadcast with my friend Julie Winkle Giulioni, who wrote a great book, Promotions Are So Yesterday, and we were talking about technology and we were talking about some of the things that were going on in terms of will AI replace you know, human touch-based coaching. And it was a spirited conversation, and I can't let go of the conversation because I think it brings up so many things. You know, we have to really deal, for lack of better description, with reality inside our companies. So think about this. For 31 years, I've owned this company called Progress Coaching. For 31 years, my number one objection was, if I had time, Tim, I would coach. And it's just bogus. Here's why. Time is a mask for the real reasons. They don't know what to do and they don't know what to say. So when the pandemic hit, guess what happened? Three things. I've got to talk to my people about the new ways of doing business. I've got to talk to my people about, you know, what's coming, new policies, new procedures. How are we going to work from home? And those conversations had an impact. Now, we all thought, can you really work from home? Can you really, you know, engage virtually? Let me tell you the story of two people. Two people, one subordinate that did not like her boss. The boss did not like her. They worked at one of our client sites, and they did not care for each other. They were very open about it, which was, quite frankly, borderline unprofessional. And what happened was, on one of their Zoom calls, they used Zoom, they both found out they had golden retrievers. And they said, I didn't know you had a golden retriever. And the subordinate, the employee said, well, yeah, I breed them. She goes, you breed them? Now, I'll stop there. They didn't become best friends, yet they have greater context to each other. See, when we only have conversations about work, our relationships feel like work. Then when the pandemic started to subside, what happened? People went from, oh, this is interruptive at home. I don't have an office. Do we have enough bandwidth to, I kind of like not driving into work. And some companies said, no, got to come back to work. Some companies said, well, we'll go hybrid. What do you want? All of those required conversations. Let me give you context. We had one client who went from a very high 90 percentage rate in the start of the pandemic saying they could not stand the pandemic. They hated working from home. They wanted to get back in the office. Three years later, the same percentage yet. Now they want this hybrid work environment. The company literally stopped building one of their additions, meaning they saved millions of dollars. Tremendous benefit. They found out, you know what? We can be pretty productive. And the company's trying to find that balance, that policy that that everybody can be happy with. We know the answer. Not everyone's going to be happy. Those require conversations. Now, one of the leaders that I saw present to her team said, well, this is what management wanted. I'm just delivering the message. Sound familiar? She was selling out upper-level management. I'm just here to deliver this terribly written idea of a procedure. It's not what a leader does. A leader has to be in alignment. So it brings us to three strategies that make 
the workplace better. Now that we have AI coming, people are going to start freaking out. They're going to start wondering, how is this going to affect me? How are we going to use this at work? Is my job going to be replaced? Those conversations are having are, are happening right now exponentially. So I want you to write down three things. Conversation readiness, situational readiness, and conversation follow-up. First of all, a conversation is not an event. A good conversation is a series of conversations and interactions woven together. Number two, conversation readiness. Well, let's start with number one. Conversation readiness is when you prepare. You don't just show up. So there's a debate in the coaching world of, you know, scheduled coaching versus, you know, in-person coaching, uh, you know, on-the-spot coaching. Now, I'm very much for scheduled coaching because on the spot, we tend to gravitate to what is wrong or what I want to correct. How do I know that? Every time I ask employees, your boss calls you into the office, what's your first response? It's usually, uh-oh, what do I do wrong? Do you know I've never heard a positive response to that question in 31 years? So conversation readiness is, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to give myself a few minutes. I'm coaching Joanne on conflict. I'm coaching Tom at 2.30 on his relationship with Bob. I'm coaching at 4 o'clock Bob to become a more influential leader. Those are great gravitations from conversation to conversation. Oh, in between, we have people who knock on our door and say, do you have a second? And it's really going to be 19 to 22 minutes, and you've got three reports due by tomorrow morning. We tend to be scattered throughout the day, in person or virtually. Conversation readiness is critical. Situation readiness is that when you are ready with skill sets to coach. So let me give you an example. Last week, I had somebody, I gave them the rule, and they said, well, what happens when somebody comes to you and they're really upset? And I said, well, I used to go through it with parents when I coach volleyball. They would come to me and they would say, oh, I, just, I just wanted to talk to you, coach. You know, why, why is my son not playing? And you could hear it in their tone and their energy. Now, if I had answered in that moment, what would happen? Would they hug and kiss me and say, oh, my gosh, you're right. My kid's terrible. No, what would they do? They would get more angry. You always ask one of our general rules is start with two or three what questions. So what's your understanding of why your kid's not playing? Well, I don't know. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Well, what has he told you? And before you answer, are you aware that he knows the answer? All of a sudden, the anger starts to dissipate. Oh, he knows? I said, yeah. And I said, I've got kind of a tough question. I hope I don't cross the line here. Are, are you okay with that? Well, sure, what? Is this about you or your son? And before you say anything, take a deep breath and answer honestly. Yeah, I, I, it's just hard sitting there watch, watching him sit there. I, I don't think you know what it, it, it's like. I said, what do you mean I don't know what it's like? What's your understanding of my son in baseball? Well, what do you mean? I said, my son got cut from the baseball team. I still go to baseball games with the coach who cut him. We've never talked about it. It's horrible to watch your kids sit or get cut. It's horrible. And I had that mom literally say, wow, coach, I shouldn't have come here. I said, of course you should have come here. It's about your kid. Your kid loves being on the team. I have one more question for you. She said, what? I go, what do you see when you watch our team and you see him on the bench? She goes, he's jumping around. He's laughing. He's high-fiving. She goes, oh, my gosh. I get it. I never responded, yet I responded through questions. So situational readiness is having skill sets, knowledge bases of how to handle something. The other day I was talking to someone who said, I'm struggling with emotional intelligence. I get angry at my subordinates. I get really angry. And as he's talking to me, I said, take a deep breath and do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to do something weird. Guy said, yeah, okay, what? I said, 
take a huge deep breath. I said, this is my time. I'm not charging you. This is my time. Take a deep breath. Takes a deep breath. I said, now, calmly walk me through what's going on. And as you're thinking of that answer right now, then I want you to answer, what's the benefit of your people if you were to make an effort to inspire and motivate them? All of a sudden, he comes back, takes a deep breath, said, yeah, and he completely calms down. His emotions are down 40%. What was my situational readiness? I knew he was emotional, so I inserted using something called an opposite insertion question. Walk me through calmly. Then I use voice fluctuation to my benefit. Now, I'm a hyper guy, so that's not easy for me. Now, if I was just in the hallway scattered and he's telling me, I'm, you know, I might run the risk of saying, well, look, you, dude, you got to calm down. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been effective, right? Emotion breeds emotion. So I was ready because I'm skilled at this. And sometimes I don't practice what I preach. Third, conversation follow-up. When you have a conversation like I did with that parent and like I did with that gentleman, I followed up with both and I sent an email, video email, mind you, to the mom saying, I want to thank you so much for coming. She became our most supportive mom for four years. Kid just reached out to me for a baseball game at the Milwaukee Brewers because I keep in touch with a lot of my players. I said, how are you feeling? What can I do to make this transition easy for you? She said, nope, I get it. She's completely reframed her mind while her kid was on the team. Had I told her he's not very good and he wasn't, I would say it in front of the kid and the kid would agree with me. It's the same thing with the gentleman who is struggling with emotional intelligence. I actually have that conversation a lot. And I said, what are you going to do to calmly inspire and motivate your people? Walk me through a diplomatic series of steps you're going to do to praise your people at your next staff meeting. I get a call from his boss. He said, I don't know what you're teaching or coaching to. It's like day and night difference. He said, no, he's fighting it. It's not day and night difference. He's fighting it. It's about getting them in the place of experiencing something. So when we have the three conversational skills that we need, conversation readiness, situational readiness, and follow-up, conversations get better. The more we converse, the greater communication. The more we converse, the greater collaboration. The more we converse coupled with better active listening, truly listening, not listening to think about what we want to say while someone's talking, but really being in the moment and listening. Bosses who do that just became very tough to leave. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign seven to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.